Hey y'all and welcome back to the BYOB Bring Your Own Book podcast. My name is Katie, the host of this podcast. I just want to say thank you to everyone I know that's listened, liked, subscribed, commented, and given me personal feedback. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm really new to this and it can be hard if you've never done it before. I don't have a team of writers, editors, or marketers and truthfully this is the most homework I've done in a while. Um, I know it's definitely more homework than I did in high school and to that point I was an avid reader even then. But I've definitely enjoyed highlighting some books for you so far, and I hope to see this grow to be something totally awesome. Specifically, this episode I've enjoyed researching, and I hope you enjoy listening too. So today, I want to go into a book that is probably everybody's favorite across the board, um, Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. Lois Lowry is also best known as the author of The Giver. So Number of the Stars is a fictional book set during World War II and the Holocaust in the country of Denmark. So a few things that are going on at this time, the plot to Number of the Stars is taking place. Let's just look at the timeline so we can see where the main character, Anne-Marie, and her family fit into things. So, on November 11th, 1918, World War I ends. This is significant because the outcome of the war, then known as the Great War, set the stage for the events leading up to World War II 20 years later. Germany suffered great loss of life and was financially devastated as a country by the time the Great War ended. Further, Germany is humiliated because the Allies give them um, rules that they pretty much have to live by. The Treaty of Versailles and the Armistice didn't really end well for Germany. They were forced to give up a lot of their military equipment. They were very limited on their army, navy, and their air force because the Allies really didn't even trust them to have a military. Um, they were basically um, disarmed military-wise. Germany was also forced to give up their foreign colonies, and they had to pay reparations for the war, which was huge because um, even though it's not really talked about today, World War I was one of the most costly and deadly of all wars in global history, with 10 million soldiers killed. Because of that, Germany had to agree to the War Guilt Clause. Pretty much they had to accept all the fault of World War I. It also required them to pay $33 billion at that time, which is $583,110,000,000 in today's money. Today's money. $583 billion. I could really use $583 billion, <laughs> couldn't you? Um, um, can you even wrap your head around that? Because that's a huge amount of money. It's unimaginable. Um, so needless to say, Germany was financially devastated, disarmed, and just completely humiliated after World War I. And in 1919, the Allies certainly weren't about to put up with more of any more of Germany's shenanigans. Um, at the time, it was thought that World War I was the, the war to end all wars. However, it was actually the catalyst for World War II and what happens in the world of Anne-Marie Johansson. Um, for further reading on World War I, All Quiet on the Western Front by Eric Remark is a great read. Um, also on Amazon Prime, there's a free documentary called World War I, American Legacy, and it's narrated by David Carradine. Um, I absolutely loved it, and I learned so much from it. It features a lot of period music, monuments, and photos, as well as a great deal of information most people don't know about World War I. Um, I really enjoyed it, so it's totally worth checking out. Um, so basically, the pot's brewing. So let's talk about the timeline leading up to World War II, things that are going on around the same time. 
Um, so author Ellie Wiesel is born on September 30th, 1928 in the Kingdom of Romania. He later, he later survives the Auschwitz and Buchenwald concentration camps. His book, Night, goes on to win the Nobel Peace Prize, and he publishes 57 books throughout his lifetime, mainly about World War II and the effects of the Holocaust on the Jewish people and the survivors. June 12, 1929, author Anne Frank is born in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, her diary was published posthumously by her father, Otto Frank, after World War II ends, and it became a staple of literature about the Holocaust and is still read in classrooms today. Wikipedia calls her a German diarist, if I'm saying that right, but I really feel like author is a much better description. Um, during this time, the Great Depression is also in full swing, and it was a worldwide event. Um, it started in the U.S., but it spread across the globe, and it was actually one of the worst economic downturns in modern history. So not only was Germany suffering because of the um, agreements at the Armistice and the Treaty of Versailles, but they were also impacted greatly by the Great Depression. So both, all of those things are going on. January 30th, 1933, Adolf Hitler was appointed as the German leader as the head of the Third Reich, also referred to as the Fuhrer. So now the stage is set for the things that are about to happen that lead up to the Holocaust and World War II, which is where we meet Anne-Marie Johansson. Slowly over time, the Jewish people are blamed for all the problems that are going on in Germany, um, and the Nazis, Hitler's regime, um, puts out propaganda about Jews, and things slowly start getting worse and worse for Jews. Number of the Stars points out a few of the rules that the Nazis decided that Jews had to live by, such as they weren't allowed to ride bikes or own their own businesses or even make their own money. Um, eventually, they had to wear gold stars to identify who was Jewish, and by the end of World War II, over 6 million people had been brutally murdered in what we know now as concentration camps in the Holocaust. September 1st, 1939. World War II begins for Europe. Um, with Germany's invasion of Poland. Um, for us in the U.S., we don't enter the war until 1941 because we had an isolationist view of things. And up until the bombing of Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, we believed it was a European war. Actually, um, exactly how World War I went, um, we just like to stay out of things until somebody started some chat, um, which is actually what happened and how we became involved. Somebody started something. Um, by May 1940, Germany pushes westward to Belgium and the Netherlands. On July 25, 1940, the Battle of Britain starts as the Luftwaffe, which was the German Air Force, starts to attack shipping in the English Channel. They're attacked yet again in December 1940 during what's um, called Blitzkrieg, um, which means the Lightning War. Starting in July of that same year, Germany just kept bombing different towns and cities in Britain, including London. In June 1941, um, Germany invades Russia, so Russia, or the Soviet Union, um, as they were called then, they were part of the Allies. So how different things are today. Um, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor is bombed by the Japanese, which are part of the Axis powers, who are allies with Adolf Hitler in Germany. This is the turning point where the U.S. enters World War II. 1943. This is the timeline of when the plot to number the stars takes place, when Anne-Marie is forced to be brave and help her friend Ellen. The story is set in Copenhagen, Denmark. At this time, the German soldiers are already occupying Denmark. 
They're stationed on street corners and they're an active, unwanted presence in Denmark at this point. Even though Anne Marie's story is fictional, she and the events that happened to her and her family are based um, on real people and events. 1942 to 1944, Anne Frank and her family hide in the secret annex in Amsterdam until they're discovered by the Nazis. Even to this day, the secret annex is one of the most well-known buildings in Amsterdam. June 6, 1944 is known, known as D-Day. Um, this is the day the British, Canadian, and American troops start landing on the beaches of Normandy in France. March 1945. Anne and Margot Frank die in the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. One month later, the concentration camp was liberated by the British. The BBC aired footage of the horrors of Bergen-Belsen and it sent shockwaves all over the world. This is when everybody really starts to realize what's going on. April 11, 1945, Ellie Wiesel and the prisoners and other prisoners are liberated from the Buchenwald concentration camp by U.S. forces. VE Day, or Victory in Europe, which was May 8, 1945, marked the end of World War II in Europe. However, the fighting in the Pacific Theater would last several more months. But for our story, we're going to focus on Europe, since that's when Anne-Marie Johansson's story is taking place. Although Anne-Marie's character is fictional, um, there's a real person that Lois Lowry based her story on, and the narrative is loosely based on some of the events going on in Denmark around that time. The character Peter, who was Anne-Marie's Anne -Marie's sister Liza's fiancé, was also based on a real person. Number of the Stars was originally published in 1989, and by 1990 it was a Newbery Award winner. I personally read it when I was about 10 years old, and it left a big impression on me. So I ordered my own copy as an adult and reread it. When I posted on Facebook that I reread it, I found out so many people that I knew had also read and loved Number of the Stars. Another thing that left a really big impression on me was when I was 14, I visited Washington, D.C., and one of our stops was the Holocaust Museum. One of the things that really stuck out to me is a display called the Wall of Shoes, and it's this big giant case just full of shoes that once belonged to Holocaust victims. I don't really have words for what it's like to look at that in person, to stand in front of it. One of the very last exhibits in the museum is a big black marble stone with an eternal flame on the top for those who died during the Holocaust. And I'm pretty sure that the plaque on the outside of it says that the stone, um, what's inside the stone are ashes from some of the um, crematoriums from the concentration camps. It's such a testament and evidence of what a bleak, terrible, inhumane event that the, those several years were. The Nazi regime was monstrous. So the theme of Number of the Stars is courage and friendship. Anne-Marie and Ellen are best friends. Life is really hard in Denmark and Europe at this point in time. Can you imagine not having any meat, cheese, butter, coffee, anything like that? Any, any sort of commodities that we take for granted today. Uh, Mama and Mrs. Rosen still have coffee together even though there isn't any and hasn't been any for a long time. What we thought we went through during the shortages of COVID was actually nothing in comparison to that. Um, so Mrs. Johansson and Mrs. Rosen meet up at Who's Ever Apartment and they sip on herbs and grass flavored water, maybe just to preserve a little normalcy. Um, so that's their having coffee together. This is the reality that many people in the countries that Germany occupied at that time, and Denmark was no exception. All of those goods, um, they went to the German soldiers and most people had very little. It was um, basically just unending extreme poverty for a lot of people. 
At the same time, when most people had very little, the Nazis started dictating what Jews could and couldn't do. It seems like the list of things that they could do was much shorter than the things that they couldn't do. Little by little, their rights were stripped away, even the most basic of human rights. That's why Anne-Marie and Ellen have such a fear of the German soldiers. So as the Nazis start announcing they're going to be relocating Jews, Anne-Marie and her family decide to take matters into their own hands to protect their friends, the Rosens. The Johansons decide to get the Rosen family from Denmark across the water to safety in Sweden, which was a neutral country all throughout World War II. Anne-Marie struggles throughout the book with the concept of bravery. Her uncle Henrik asks her at some point, How brave are you, little Anne-Marie? I would also say a secondary theme of Number of the Stars could also be grief. At the beginning of the book, Lies, who is Anne-Marie's sister, is already dead. Anne-Marie also discusses different things that she wonders about Lies's death, but no one talks about Lies. Not even Lies's fiancé, Peter. Um, so for most of the book, we're really not sure what happened to Lies, and Anne-Marie has a lot of questions and sorting of her own to do. So bravery and grief, that's what Anne-Marie's struggling with. One of the most interesting things to me was the wake that the Johnson, the Johansson family held for Aunt Bertie at the farmhouse. Um, so what you have to know um, is that Anne Marie doesn't actually have a great Aunt Bertie. The Nazi soldiers realize that there's a big gathering at the farmhouse and they come in to investigate and they almost ask the Johansons to open Aunt Bertie's coffin. Mrs. Johansson cleverly tells them that Aunt Bertie died of typhus. Typhus was a really bad, contagious disease back at that time and was pretty deadly. It was actually spread by, like, fleas and ticks. Um, it's the same illness that Anne and Margot Frank died of at the Bergen Belsen concentration camp later on in 1945. So, of course, the Nazis are totally cool with not opening Aunt Bertie's coffin, so they leave. Which is a relief, because if they did, the coffin was actually full of supplies to get the Rosens and others across to Sweden, and the whole group certainly would have been busted. Um, so, during the fake wake... Um, Peter reads this quote, It is he who heals the broken in spirit and binds up their wounds, he who numbers the stars one by one. Further on into the novel, Anne-Marie thinks on this. It goes, Outside she knows the, scar was, the, star, the sky was speckled with stars. How could anyone number them one by one, as the psalm read? There were too many. The sky was too big. The next event that I found really interesting was when Anne-Marie notices that the package that her uncle and the Rosens need was accidentally left behind when they went to board Uncle Henrik's boat to get the Rosens across the water to Sweden. Anne-Marie risked her life to take the package to her uncle. Along the way, she's stopped by German soldiers yet again who rummage, rummage through her picnic basket. They find the package, but there's nothing in it um, other than a handkerchief. They throw it down. They make fun of Danish, Danish women for having too much time on their hands to be sewing handkerchiefs for their husbands. So what the handkerchief really is, it's a handkerchief soaked in rabbit's blood and cocaine. What it was used for was to thwart the smell of the dogs that the Nazis were using to sniff out and capture hidden Jews um, that the Danish people were trying to smuggle out of Denmark and across the sea to Sweden. This tool wasn't something that Lois Lowry made up for the book Number of the Stars. It was a common practice during the resistance of Denmark. Number of the Stars itself is an unusual book. There were so many stories from World War II and the Holocaust that many people turned their backs on the Jews, some of whom happened to be their friends and neighbors. However, there were many Danish citizens who worked actively and bravely participated in the resistance. In fact, the Danish resistance to the Nazis was one of the strongest resistance movements against the Nazis throughout Europe. This was especially strengthened by the Germans' attack of the Soviet Union. 
probably because at that point the Germans had just about invaded everybody and they had so many battlefronts going on and the Soviets at that time were already an established world power and they were certainly um, a force to be reckoned with. Um, many of those people involved in the resistance lost their lives, which takes us back to the character Peter. His character was based on a real man who was sentenced to death by the Nazis for his role in the resistance. I'm not going to tell you exactly what Peter's fate is as far as Number of the Stars is concerned, but we do find out that Liza's death was because she, too, was involved in the resistance. She was caught at a secret meeting and had been run over by the Nazis with an automobile. So a lot of Anne-Marie's questions about what happened to Liza are finally answered, and she realizes the depths of the bravery of her sister. On a side note, Anne-Marie mentions Blossom the cow while they're protecting the Rosens and others on the family farm. They use Blossom to make cream, butter, and cheese, which some of that is used for the Rosens to eat on their trip to Sweden. Blossom just made me really happy, and every time Anne-Marie mentioned Blossom, I thought of Arkel Elsie, and imagined that Blossom had big brown eyes like Elsie's. Even though this was a small part of the book, it was also a dangerous thing, because remember how I said that the commodities went to the German soldiers? This would have probably been dealt with harshly, since it was that much less food that was being given to the Nazis. All in all, it was an absolutely amazing book. I enjoyed rereading as an adult. It just hits differently. I read it maybe more from the perspective that Mrs. Johansson might, rather than a peer of Anne-Marie. It really makes us do some soul-searching. What would you do if you were forced to be brave? Some of us probably already know, and I think that's the perspective you have if you read Number of the Stars as an adult. Another thing that, um, another reason that I chose this book was because my youngest daughter Riley's middle name was Anne-Marie. Riley was still born in 2022, so Anne-Marie was the most endearing character to me. I wondered and I think that Riley would be able to display the bravery that Anne-Marie did. Maybe she would have questioned herself, much like Anne-Marie. Being brave and having courage is tough, even for grown-ups. My sources for the show today were many. First, the book itself, Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. I also used the Holocaust Encyclopedia and Frank.org. Um, History Extra, which I'm pretty sure is published by the History Channel, and the Wikipedia pages for Anne Frank and Ellie Weasel. I'll post my sources as well as the other books and documentaries mentioned in the show notes, resources, and cool stuff section so you can check them out. Also, a shout out to my dad. Um, a lot of the information in t today's episode came from my dad, which I pulled from my brain and cross-checked some of the things I remembered him saying because I didn't really trust my memory. He was kind of a World War II uh, slash history buff. We had many conversations about World War II, and had he not been an auto mechanics teacher, he could have well taught history. It was a topic that we both enjoyed, so my knowledge and interest in World War II um, is probably partially to my dad's credit. Also, my papal Mike, who served as a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army in the Pacific Theater, and my mamaw's brothers, George, Elmer, and Leroy, for their services in the Pacific and European theaters. Um, because of them, I was able to see artifacts from the war and hear stories that could only come from those who lived it. Sadly, we have lost much of that information to history. And most of all, thank you to all veterans for your service of all wars. If I've made a mistake today, please shoot me an email um, because it was a lot of brain racking for past conversations, fact checking, and thought. But send me a nice email. You don't have to be mean about it. Just let me know that I've messed it up. And if I've messed anything up, let me know so I can correct it on the next episode. If you've been with us for the last several episodes, thank you for listening. I hope you're inspired to pick up a copy of Number of the Stars. I hope I did the book, as well as World War II and the Holocaust, at least some justice. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, leave this podcast to review, share it with your friends, and that's how it'll grow. 
Bye for now.